This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 49. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and buy Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, we're going to talk to the CEO of Fertilizer Canada about a report that shows how much the country can actually cut its fertilizer emissions on. We'll also feature Sasweet's market outlook and have Adam Bacallo on the show to discuss what happened on the markets this week. We'll also have the farm weather market update and resource report all in their usual spots. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today starts insurance needs. When you're on the road and need to refuel, Arcola Co-op on Highway 13 has it all. Their convenience store can satisfy any hunger, from Vern's Pizza and Market Town Chicken to snacks and drinks. And their card log is open 24 hours a day, so you can keep moving no matter what time you come through. And Arcola Co-op's friendly staff will make you feel welcome every time you're there. Fill your stomach and your tank at Arcola Co-op on Highway 13. You're at home here. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. A new industry-led report suggests that Canadian farmers can likely only achieve half of the federal government's targeted 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions by 2030. The report, which is commissioned by Fertilizer Canada and the Canola Council of Canada, examines what effect a 30% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from the use of nitrogen-based fertilizers on Canadian farms would have on crop yields and farm financial viability. Karen Proud, the CEO of Fertilizer Canada, explains what they found in the report. Sure. So we partnered with the Canola Council of Canada to commission this study. So we didn't do it ourselves. We went out to some experts um, to have it done. Really looking at could be possible uh, for emissions reduction from the use of uh, nitrogen fertilizers um, by 2030. And, And we specifically looked at the use of our existing um, for our nutrient stewardship program and how if we expanded the use of that program, we could cut emissions. And and the bottom line of, of the report is, is I think a really great news story is um, that we believe we can get to a, um, a redu- reduction in fertilizer emissions by 14% while still protecting food production and increasing uh, yields and profits for farmers. Technology and innovation in agriculture is always changing. Does the report factor in the unknown of what might be developed in the future, or are you guys just sticking with what is currently available? You see, I don't know of any groundbreaking technology that's going to hit the market between now and 2030 that would really make a significant difference in um, what we see uh, with regards to farmers and, and best farm management practices. We do have um, 
innovation in this sector. We have new products that come on the market, uh, increased efficiency products. But again, I don't see, um, you know, a big uh, uh, groundbreaking um, new uh, new technology that would really uh, make up that additional 16%. I think, you know, even our, our study has its limits. We've made a lot of assumptions uh, in the study about uptake and cost. Um, but again, I think it's, it's great. We've got a, a real solid path forward using an existing program that farmers are familiar with. I think where, you know, we, we tend to end up getting in trouble is focusing in on these numbers and trying to achieve these numbers and, and where I'd rather see the government uh, work with us and work with the farm groups in, and the farmers to develop a program to really try and get greater adoption of these practices we know will cut emissions. And then let's see how far we can go with that. And what are some of those best practices? Well, yeah, so 4R is a whole nutrient stewardship program. It, it uses scientific principles to to really guide the development of these best practices. And it, it looks at, um, you know, right source, right rate, right time, right place. And it's basically about how we use fertilizer most effectively and efficiently to both increase yields and productivity, but also uh, reduce emissions. And there's levels to 4Rs. So um, there's sort of the basic 4R approach um, where uh, farmers um, are probably already practicing some of this, no-till, other things. Then there's more advanced uh, practices as you sort of move up and get more sophisticated. And so we, we look at 4Rs, there's sort of three levels from basic, intermediate to advanced. Our study looked at how the adoption of advanced practices um, can, can really reduce emissions because we've got the scientific data to back that up. But it comes as a, at a cost. And, and so farmers may sit on various scales depending on the, on the practice. It's how do we incentivize farmers to take up those more advanced practices because it does require investment by the farmer to, to do that because we are, we're looking at things like more sophisticated testing, use of these more innovative products. In some cases, it might even mean uh, buying new equipment on the farm. And while there's a payoff in the end, because we do have uh, research that demonstrates it increases farm productivity, all the risk at the beginning is being borne by the farmer for, for investing in these practices. We'll have more from our chat with Karen Proud at Sports Trip. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. Prairie Eavestroughs.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Fertilizer Canada and the Canola Council of Canada has found that the country would only be able to achieve 14% of the federal government's target 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions by 2030. We continue our chat with Karen Proud, the CEO of Fertilizer Canada. 
Well, the 14% is really an indication of where we think it's reasonable for farmers to adopt uh, these more advanced practices. So, for instance, you know, to reach our 14% scenario in the prairies, we would need on sort of the acres of farmland in the prairies, we would need 28 to 50% adoption of some of these advanced best practices. Um, to reach something like a 30% scenario in Ontario and Quebec, we're talking about 100% of, of all acres, and in Western Canada, it's 60 to 70%. We just don't think that's realistic based on the trends uh, we've seen over time with adoption of the practices to date. And so the 14 is not saying that's as far as we can go and that's it. It's just saying within the time frame, because we've only got seven growing seasons left, to move people towards um, higher adoption of these advanced practices it's going to take time and we just can't move every every acre we've got to to chart a reasonable path and we think what we've done is is still pretty ambitious um but achievable and how do you feel about that 14 percent number was that above your expectations is that lower how do you feel about the number I think it's a I think it's a good number. I think it's a realistic number, and that's that's most important because we can throw out all the numbers we want, but if you don't look at the impact on productivity and and the food supply, you're sort of looking just in a in a vacuum. And and what we've done here is uh, looked at a scenario where farmers' yields could continue to increase. Canada can continue to play a very important role with regards to food security globally. We, we have aggressive adoption of for our practices, um, but reasonable. And so I think, you know, the reality is there's, there's, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done uh, with farmers. There's incentives we need to look at as to how do we, how do we um, bring farmers along? And I think the, the one thing that's been missing from some of the discussion is how far Canadian farmers have already come. Canada is uh, one of the, the most efficient users of nitrogen fertilizers in the world. And so we don't have that far to go before we start affecting our yields. And so, you know, 14%, I think, is a reasonable path forward to, to 2030. Very aggressive, but, but still reasonable. And then, you know, let's see what more we can do beyond 2030. And what's the next step now that this report has been published? Well, I think the most important thing now for, for us and coming out of this report is really the need now, um, if, if the federal government agrees that this is a very solid path forward, we really need to sit down with the farm groups and farmers because they're the ones that have to implement these changes. And I think that's been lacking in some of the discourse up until now is how do we actually do this? And, and so we can come up with our academic study and, and we can have all sorts of targets out there, but it really comes down to empowering the farmers. And I think that's key and that's really the next step that, that I'd like to see is having those conversations with the federal government as to where do we go from here. 
Federal Ag Minister Marie Claude Bebo said she welcomes the industry report, adding it's good news and that it proves how much can be achieved using technologies and practices that already exist. We move water. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture and pleased to be joined by Adrian with Bill Berry and Adrian talking about green on green spraying technology. Where are we at in terms of applying this technology here in Western Canada? So this is the first year we are working uh, here in Canada as a company. So we are working with AgriFac, the sprayer manufacturer from Netherlands. And we did some trials in cereals, so green on green in cereals, meaning cereals being wheat, oat, and barley and rye. And we detect broadleaves in this kind of this crop. We tried grass in canola, and uh, we also had a try for weeds in corn, so meaning broadleaves and grass at the same time in corn. Okay. So to take a, a step back, maybe Bilberry is a company based in France. Uh, where do you see this technology being applied in terms of around the world, other areas that are already using green on green spraying technologies? We are using like production level algorithm in uh, Australia. That's our main market. We have a, the most part of the fleet is there. We also have some uh, sprayers in Europe as well for green on green. Okay. Because green on, we consider that green on brown is like standard now almost. So we are focusing on green on green and all of our sprayers yeah, are green on green ready if the algorithm follows the the results. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar with green on green technology and how these cameras work, can you walk us through the, the process of how this controls the, the sprayer in, in, and ultimately controls weeds? That's the idea? Yeah, yeah basically our camera is like uh, a human eye, so and we, we are looking a few meters in front of the boom. So as a human, if you can spot the weed in a few meters, then our cameras, our cameras will be able to detect it. So then that's Basically, it. we are looking in front of the boom, we are detecting the weed, and we send the op- detection order or opening orders to the nozzle controller from the sprayer. And then they compute, depending on the speed of the sprayer and so on, they compute the right time to open the correct nozzle, and then we can spot spray directly on the weeds. Okay. How fast can you drive the sprayer when using this? We recommend 20 Ks per hour. That's what would be 12, 12, 12 miles an hour? 12 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah. Do you see other applications for this technology? Uh, fungicide, maybe perhaps variable rate fungicide? Yeah, at some point we, we want to go there too. As I said, since it's a human eye, if this is an issue or a problem or something you want to do and you are able to do it with your eye as a farmer, as a human, then we, will, we should be able to do it with our camera according that we have enough data and enough training time of our algorithm. So if for fertilizer application, if you can detect spot where you want fertilizer and spot you don't want fertilizer, then our camera could work once we developed uh, the correct algorithm for that. Okay, so fertilizer, fungicide, I guess, would both be potential options. So 
like you said, uh, this technology is already in the market and, and more widely used in Australia. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take for green on green technology to be more widely applied here in, in North America? Well, since we, we worked the full season here, so since April, so we gathered a lot of pictures of Canadian fields, so Canadian weed too. So now we need an AI team to, uh, well, to annotate all the pictures, check that we still detect all the weeds and so on, and then just improve the existing algorithm. So if we basically, if we had, if we gathered enough, enough pictures on this year, then probably still uh, next year, we should be able to have a production ready algorithm. If there are some situation we didn't capture this year, then we'll have to wait another season to train the algorithm in this specific case to have it, uh, right, to improve it. In, in fact, even in Australia, it's been like three to four years that we are working on a production level and we are still improving because of the area. new situation. You know, if the sun is facing the the sprayer, if we are, if you're driving with the sun at the back, the height of the crop also have an influence because if the weed is behind the crop, well, you, we, you cannot see it. So a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, we will improve every, as long as Bilberry exists, we will have to improve our algorithm because we will have new situation and new, uh, yeah, new cases to, uh, to solve. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in with no appointment necessary or visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop Com. Today, there's a mix of sun and clouds with wind gusting to 50 and a high of 16. Tonight, partly cloudy. Wind's going to continue to gust to 50 before becoming light this evening with a low of zero and patchy frost. Tomorrow, it's sunny with a high of 23 and a low of 6. And on Sunday, there's a high of 28 and a low of 7. Around the province at this hour, Estevan is the hot spot at 18 degrees. Moose Jaw at 16. Swift Current at 13. Weyburn and Yorkton sit at 15. And in Regina, is currently 14 degrees. We'll be back in a This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. Today. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter, Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. A weekly overview of the wheat market has been provided by Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission earlier this week. Wheat markets closed mixed last week. Wheat remains supported, but negative macroeconomic indicators pressured wheat markets. Chicago soft red winter wheat futures were up six cents to close the week at $8.11 a bushel. 
Kansas hard red winter wheat futures were down four cents from last week at $8.78 a bushel. Minneapolis hard red spring wheat futures were down 19 cents to close the week at $8.90 a bushel. Wheat futures this Tuesday morning are trading a penny on either side of unchanged. As far as the significant purchases or trades last week, Egypt bought 120,000 tons of Russian wheat on credit for $340 per ton SIF. Algeria is reported to have bought 105,000 tons of Russian wheat. Iraq bought 100,000 tons of U.S. hard red winter wheat at $494 a ton. This could have most certainly been bought cheaper from Europe. Korea is tendering today for 70,000 tons of feed wheat. We still do not have any U.S. export data. A technical glitch is expected to last until September 15th. We expect the strong U.S. dollar has kept sales low. As far as some of the most important news that happened last week, negative macroeconomic sentiment weighed on the grain markets. Chinese lockdowns, slumping crude prices, and a strong U.S. dollar all added to the negative sentiment. In addition to this, very cheap new crop Russian wheat has hit the market and is pressuring FOB prices around the world. The price of Russia's sale to Egypt on a cargo and freight basis was cheaper than some French FOB offers. In Canada, Harvest in Manitoba is 2% complete and 16% complete in Saskatchewan. Yields in most areas seem to be average to slightly above average. Statistics Canada put Canadian spring wheat, excluding Durham, at 25.6 million tons. This is 160,000 tons more than what analysts were expecting, and 57% more than last year. Spring wheat yield was put at 52.7 bushels per acre. Current yields suggest that production could be slightly higher than Statistics Canada's number. Canadian spring wheat exports for week 4 were 265.6 thousand tons, for a season total of 929,000 tons, down 33% from last year given the late harvest. Deliveries of 320,000 tons last week were strong, as the first wave of new crop enters the elevator system. The Ag Transport Coalition says that CN and CP supplied 94% of the ordered hopper cars in shipping week 3. CN and CP also supplied 95% of the ordered hopper cars in week 4. In the That was Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting in Winnipeg. 43. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small Town Lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Adam Piccalo, a futures commodity advisor with PI Financial, explained what happened on the markets this week. Off on the canola front here, we saw a decline of approximately $39 a ton here on the week for the November futures. Now on the month, we are down approximately $58 a ton 
on the November contract. We've seen some outside market forces um, kind of affecting canola here a little bit. Uh, the U.S. dollar has been steadily increasing kind of all on all commodities. And uh, in particular, December soybean oil um, has been on a downward trend. It's been recovering here recently, yet canola actually isn't following the soy side of the market. So that's something to definitely kind of keep an eye on. When looking at the December Minneapolis wheat contract on the week, we have increased approximately 34 cents a bushel. That's uh, something nice to say here. I, I haven't said for a while wheat has increased on the week. Uh, still, however, we've been trading very sideways here for the last couple months. Uh, when it comes to all the grain markets, we are going to be watching the Monday USDA report quite closely. Uh, traders are hesitant to believe uh, that there will be significant disruptions in the Ukraine exports as there were fewer concerns with Russia's criticism of the, the export corridor out of the Black Sea. So increasing supply from the U.S., Australia, and soon to be Canada here should help ease any near-term tightness. So you know, when it comes to rallies in the wheat market, uh, I would say that might be selling opportunities for producers here. We'll hear more from Adam Bacallo during the closing grain prices. Up next, your market at every turn. The market updates on the source. 620 CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gritner. Welcome back. Your market update is brought to you by Freeze Talman. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Talman in Regina and in Fort Capel. Looking at the latest Viterra price quilts, Durham at $399.56, Feed Barley $292.87, Canola $733.75, Chickpeas $925.95, Flax $627.67, Lentils $704.50, Oats $232.32, Yellow Peas $431.13, Feed Wheat $289.56, and One Red Spring Wheat at $373.37. The Livestock Report is... It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. I've got Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 725 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. This cow and bull market looked a little lower here this week. Good cows, 112 to 119. Medium wet cows from 96 to a dollar 10. These yearlings, they're smoking right along right now. It's like they're the last ones made. A few calves in the mix, which sold extremely well. Here's what happened: we had 16 red steer yearlings, 835 at 246 and a quarter. 31 red and black heifers out of the Assiniboia country, 846 at 218.50. Another 13 char and exotic heifers out of Earnfold, 842 at 221 and a half. 889 weight black heifers bring 217 and 50. Yearland and Cap Presor here Tuesday, September 20th. Thousand expected for that one, and it looks like we could have close to 3,000 Charlie and Semitol calves at our Tuesday, September 27th sale. For more market information, give Heartland Moose a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. Coming up next on Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, it's the Resource Report on 620CK.ca. 
This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and by Western Egg Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Canada's unemployment rate was 5.4% in August. It ticked up for the first time in seven months as the economy lost 40,000 jobs. Wages are also up 5.4% compared with last year. Saskatchewan's unemployment rate went from 4.9% in August from 4% in July. Regina's at 4.4%, up from 3.9%. On the markets, the TSX is up 321 points, the Dow Jones is up 387, oil is up $3.11 to be trading at $86.65 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is up 34 one-hundredths of a cent to be trading at $76.72 U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Waldus-Scribner. Hope you have a great weekend. That's been Saskatchewan Agri- Details. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.